1: and Laura, I'm not talking into the right microphone, am I?
2: No, that one looks a little different. It,
1: it does, in fact, look a little different. It's I got it this weekend, um, and we're just testing it out to see how it works. What's the, What's the sound quality on it?
2: I mean, the sound quality definitely works for a 2022 Entertainment Podcast of the Year. It sure does. Look at it. Like it's it. so in pretty and all, all of its glory.
1: Welcome on in everyone. It's a very Laura and I are getting us on cloud nine because this is our first episode uh since we won the Columbus podcast awards 2022 entertainment podcast of the year this last weekend which is just truly an incredible honor and we're also finalists for podcast of the year top four finalists so um You know, award season is not my favorite season. Fall is. And thankfully, we're in both. And this award season was pretty good to us. Um, But obviously, this is not why we do this. And I honestly feel like kind of a douche, like, showing it and, like, holding it like like this. But I feel like you and I are both trying our best to embrace, like, being proud of ourselves and celebrating ourselves and, like, celebrating our community. Like, I feel like this is just as much, like, when I hold this, like, this is going to be really corny. When I hold this, I think about people like Julie or I think about like Linda, like CBJ Bookworm, who was like with us from the beginning. I think about all the people who were just so kind to us and continue to be kind to us and want to hear what we have to say and like want to say it with us. That's just like really cool. And I think about them whenever I see this. So I'm trying to celebrate not just for you and me, but also for them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our um, progression and our any amount of success if you want to grade it that way. And especially, absolutely, this um, award and this honor is not possible without um, our community and our listeners and everyone who interacts with us on social media um, and just their kindness and their belief in what we are doing here and the kind of um, content we want to put out and the kind of community that we want to build and um, it just speaks so, so highly and um, of the fifth line and um, the Columbus hockey community and um, everyone who's embraced us in the last 18 months. And um, it was absolutely wild on Saturday night. I'm pretty sure I left my body um, when they said our name. Um, and well, when they ca- <laughs> when they said our name in the way they thought our name was uh, said but that's neither here nor there at this point. But yeah, it was it was absolutely wild.
1: Yeah, and I uh, like shout out to to like first of all my grandma my uncle shout out to them for being there with us and then shout out to Coran and Megan or as we all know her on the show Damn That Bitch. Um, I'm not, we're gonna get trademarked for that. Like, we're gonna get yeah. like food because I keep saying that, and that's definitely like not our thing, but I just love calling her that so much. But yeah, we um, also shout out to our waitress at Lumen. Shout out to our server there. She was maybe our biggest supporter of the night. Yeah. <laughs> um, she brought us cake that one of her coworkers made, and she, like, there's a video that I, I'm gonna put together of her holding the trophy and, like, <laughs> <laughs> Celebrating with us, it was just really fun. Like I don't know, it's mm-hmm. like one of those moments where, like, me being me and not currently living in Columbus, it was one of those things that made me miss Columbus so much.
2: Yeah, we de- uh, we definitely took um, our new award on a journey. Um, the award ceremony took place at Lincoln Theater. Absolutely beautiful. It was a wonderful ceremony and a really great time, um, and we just loved being there. Uh, but then <laughs> after we won, we had to, we just had to take the award over to Nationwide Arena and get some pictures in front of the arena because I mean, this is where it all started. I mean, not our friendship, but like this, uh, you know, company and business and uh, endeavor that we started was all based around our mutual love of the Columbus Blue Jackets. But so of course we had to take it to the arena. Um, A a double shout out to Corinne for being um, basically our paparazzi for the whole evening. She she did such a great job. If you've been following us on social media, you've seen some of the photos. We have so many um, still to post here and there and video things that we're going to put together um, from the experience. But yeah, we stopped at the arena. We had to make a stop at our bar. There's a really funny video that we'll post sometime of us doing a shot in there. And then of course we ended the evening at Lumen, which is a rooftop bar, which was so pretty. And again, our waitress was just absolutely a delight and really helped us celebrate the accomplishment in the evening. Um, And yeah, it was just we're still kind of in disbelief. Like it doesn't really, it hasn't really, at least for me yet, it hasn't really sunk in and um we get to change um all of our bios now to say, you know, entertainment podcast of the year or whatever. Um yeah, have you not noticed that I did. I felt I was surprised oh, did you, you?
1: not said anything. I said award winning podcast. I wasn't like specific, mm. but we can tweet. No, we can I hadn't tweet. noticed that. <sighs> uh, I
2: oh, I had oh not God. noticed yet. Um, We should probably change our like Twitter banner too or something and be really cheesy.
1: I know Uh, that noise that you just heard. If you heard it come through with me accidentally clicking on the, so we follow the waitress on Instagram, of course. Um, So if you ever have Haley at Lumen, make sure you give her a nice lovely tip because she was really great. Uh, She's currently seeing a concert right now. So that's what just played out loud was her Instagram story. (laughs) But we, we love talking about hockey Right? We did. Yes. And it's like kind of coming back. And so this show is going to be like a normal ish show in the sense that like we have content that is like analysis driven and we could talk about like what's to come and we can have good combos about the Traverse City Prospect Tournament. We've also got a really killer interview for you all to listen to later in the show. You're going to want to listen to it. We have Bob McElhaney on, who is the executive vice president of the Center Ice Foundation, which is a really incredible organization that's doing really meaningful work in central Ohio, specifically south of I-70, to try to increase access to not just hockey, but all sports. That's a really great interview, y'all. Y'all are going to want to listen to that. One of my favorites that we've done, Bob is a stand-up guy doing stand-up things. And uh, we're big fans of people doing stand-up things on this show. So uh, Bob is welcome on the show anytime. We hope you'll stick around for that. But, Laura, we're going on our second ever, subjectively speaking, road trip.
2: We are. And it's a long one, at least for me anyway. Yeah, it's a uh...
1: short for me. It's actually almost shorter <laughs> than the Detroit one for me. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so it's a trek um, for me coming from Newark, so. But we are going um, to the Traverse City uh, Prospect Tournament in Traverse City, Michigan. Um, and we're, it's kind of a weird situation because we're like a little bit. Jeremy will be there Thursday, I'll be there Friday, but then we'll both be there together Saturday and Sunday. Um, but yeah, it is our first time as a duo. Uh, being credentialed as a uh, members of the media. So it's very exciting. Um, and yeah, I've never been to Traverse City, so I know it's beautiful. And so I'm very excited to get to do a little bit of sightseeing and we get to hang out with our wonderful friends and share a nice Airbnb. So I'm excited.
1: Yeah, it's going to be so good. I like... When you talk about Traverse City and you talk about just the overall environment of that tournament and, you know, what's nice is like selfishly you think about the teams that are there, you've got the Dallas Stars, you've got the St. Louis Blues, the Detroit Red Wings, you've got us, and you've got the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think I'm forgetting somebody. If I am, so sorry to them. So sorry to that man. But, um, yeah, I mean, you've got these, these really elite, you know, franchises right like that are there and it's not outside of the realm of possibility to go grab a drink and run into steve eiserman in a bar and it's not like outside of the realm of possibility to see kyle dubis doing kyle dubis things for the maple Leafs. it's just that's the cool thing to me is like we're going to be in the thick of it and there's no but and you know me right like you know and if people have listened to the show long enough they know that prospects and they know that development is like one of my favorite aspects of the game of hockey specifically in following the blue jackets is why i really enjoy doing my side gig with field pass hockey and covering the monsters like i just love seeing this these players at the developmental stages and we get to see it like in raw form like we're gonna talk about the players that are there obviously we've got players that we all know and we all are expecting to be Blue Jackets, if not this year, but next in players like Kent Johnson and Karel Marchenko, David Juracek, And, you know, you've even got, you know, Denton Matejchuk who's somebody that people think could, could make his way into the league soon too. And so it's just really exciting stuff. But we've got more than just those four players there. We've got a whole roster full of Blue Jackets that we're going to be keeping an eye on. And, Laura, I think we spend this episode just talking about – the players that'll be there kind of talking about the players that we're most excited to seeing and you know just kind of previewing the tournament how does that sound to you sounds good to me well good because I was gonna do it anyway I wasn't even, like if you said you didn't <laughs> like it I was gonna be like oh that sucks anyway it let's sounds talk about, terrible yeah it sounds like a terrible idea to talk about the prospect tournament that we're going to go cover but Laura do you want to start by breaking down the defensemen that'll be there first the forwards that'll be there first or do you want to just kill the goalies real quick, get them out of the way, call it a day?
2: Well, I do have all three lists in front of me. So really it's – I'm going to let it be dealer's choice. So you get to decide.
1: All right, let's do it. Uh, Let's go with the forwards. So (laughs) this is unrelated. It has nothing to do with hockey. And I have made fun of us talking about – player numbers before on the podcast as content but the fact that there's not a forward who has a number lower than 56 feels weird to me <laughs> that's beside the point um but the jackets are bringing a litany of, of players that have been drafted by the team a couple of players on ahl contracts and a couple of free agents so i'm just going to run down the list say their names so that way we all know who's there and then we can kind of start to unpack them Does that sound good sounds good Perfect. So we've got Ben Boyd, 21 drafty. We've got Luca Del Beluz last year draft, or 22 draft, I should say. James Malatesta from the 21 draft. Jordan Dumay from the 22 draft. Owen Sillinger. You might recognize that last name because he is the brother of one. Cole Sillinger, son of Mike Sillinger. Uh, he is on an AHL contract. He's got a deal with Cleveland. Um, Martin Recivi, uh 21 draft pick. Um, Michael Puthia. Because double Y's and finish are you. That's what I've learned in my Duolingo uh, world. Uh, 20 draft. And then uh, Liam Howell is a free agent. Kirill Marchenko, an 18 drafty, which it feels weird to me that he was drafted in 2018. Um, Roman Khan, who is an AHL. Uh, he's an AHL-er. He's a. We'll talk about him in a second. Uh, Ken Johnson, as we all know. Evan Veerling and Samuel Huo are free agent invitees as well. So, Laura, a lot of really great names on that list. Outside of the, the usual suspects, outside of the Kuro Marchenko and the Kent Johnsons of the world, who are you most excited in this forward group to see play in Traverse City?
2: Um, I'm really interested to see what Owen Sillinger has to bring to the ice. Um, I got to see him play a little bit um, at the prospect camp that we had here in Columbus in July. So, um, but during those like prospect camps, it's hard to like um, see them do a lot because there's so many uh, prospects there. They're not playing on the ice very long. Um, but I'm just very interesting to see like what his skill level is. Obviously it was high enough for the monsters to want to sign him to a one-year contract, but you know, he's the older brother of Cole. So he's, you know, got a few more years on him, but Cole has spoke nothing but highly of how skilled his brother is. So I'm excited to see what he brings to the table.
1: Yeah. He's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see him play in Cleveland and and it is not outside of the realm of possibility that he could potentially get looked at for, Uh, a two-way deal at some point if he's really showing what he's made of the player that i'm most excited for is probably jordan dumay jordan dumay is um a forward he's born in 2004 oh my god
2: good i'm not even gonna tell you what doesn't that hurt i was doing in 2004 because christ it hurts yes
1: correct so jordan dumay Fourth round draft pick this year, third round, excuse me, third round draft pick for the Blue Jackets this year at 96th overall. And he's a player that really produced uh, a massive clip in the queue this year, this past year. He registered 39 goals and had 70 assists for 109 points in 68 games. Uh, also Jordan Dume wears number 69. Nice. And so without a doubt, this is a player who you have to be excited to see how his game translates to to an NHL style uh, game. Obviously you're not going to be playing against all future NHLers here in Traverse city, but it will be fascinating to see how he sizes up with these guys. I mean, he's going to be the smallest guy on the ice when he's playing. There's no doubt about that. Is he going to be able to keep up with the aggressive play on the ice? Is he going to like, because here's the fact of the matter, right? Like, A lot of the guys who are at Travers are prospects who are trying to prove themselves, right? They might be free agent invitees who are trying to get signed to, you know, uh, even an AHL deal, right? Like, they're just guys who are really looking for an opportunity. They're going to play with some heat. (laughs) They're going to play with some heat for sure. And so I am uh, hoping that he fares well. But I'm just excited to see if maybe we could see a burst of that talent that he has um, that allows for him to be such an incredible playmaker in the queue. But then, I mean, it's hard not to look at guys like Luca Del Bel who could have been a first-round draft pick this last year, that the Blue Jackets were able to swipe in the second round, and think that he could have a fun traverse. You know, he's a kind of player that's picked up a little bit of momentum here over the offseason as somebody who could be good. And I'm, I'm excited to see it happen. I'm excited to see these guys take the ice for the first time. It's going to be a lot of fun.
2: I mean, Luca definitely has the best last name.
1: Bel is so badass. Like, you can't mm-hmm. tell me otherwise. And there are players on this list. I mean, like Martin Rasavi, he played with Czechia in the Worlds. I mean, there are just there are players here that have some some grit to them. I mean, like this is not James Malatesta's first Traverse City. You'll remember last year he kind of laid a check that was really not super favorable, and uh, ended up you know not being able to play in much more of the tournament, but it's going to be good to see those forwards play. And it's going to be even more fun to see what the blue liners have in store. I mean, this is where I look at this roster and it just feels like you've talked about at least like more than half of these guys as being potential NHLers in the next few years. I mean, this is a list of guys who could quite possibly make up the blue jackets, blue line over the course of the next five years. It's a really, really stacked group, Laura.
2: Yeah. And it's been um, people that not only like our, not only blue jackets related people have been talking about, but like the hockey world in general, um, having these guys in our pipeline and, drafting a few of them this, um, this past July, but it's, it's some quality, you know, level skill in this group of, uh, defensemen. And it's going to be interesting to see how they, I mean, they've played some together, but how they play together and what their kind of level of grit is. Cause that, like we've talked about before, that is always something that I think we're going to be looking for. Um, cause obviously you're not looking for immediate fixes in, in, prospects, but I think for the next couple of years, we're gonna be trying to build up our level of grit, um, especially on the blue line and um, finding those um, defensemen that are ready to to take hits and to play a little rough and ready. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to see um, what our potential is going to be down down the road with these guys.
1: Yeah, so without any further delay, Um, the only player who wears a number below 30 on this roster is Denton Matechuk. He's number five. (laughs) And so uh, obviously he was drafted by the Blue Jackets in the first round this year. Marcus Bjork is somebody who the Blue Jackets signed to an entry-level deal this summer uh, coming from overseas. He's somebody who could have some potential in the NHL. He's somebody who I think the Blue Jackets are hoping will at least make a difference in Cleveland. And then you've got David Yuracek. He's going to be there. He's probably overall who I'm most excited to see. But, of course, I'm going to throw the caveat of we can't pick the ones that we always talk about (laughs) into that conversation. Um, Samuel Nashko, uh, he's a 20 draftee who feels like we've talked about him for so long. I'm excited to finally be able to see him play. And then you've got Cole Clayton, who is a big-time fan favorite in AHL Cleveland. Stanislav Spotsyl. 21 draftee, and then Ole Bjorkvik-Holm, who's also played some meaningful minutes down in Cleveland. Those will be the seven defensemen that the Blue Jackets will bring with them to Traverse City this week. So, Laura, like I said to you, we've got guys like David Juracek and Denton Matejchuk. Those are the guys that everybody keeps talking about because they're the ones with the recency bias. They're the guys who the Blue Jackets fans should probably be most excited about on this defensive core. But for you, when you look at those other five guys, is there anybody who stands out as somebody who you want to keep an eye on during this tournament?
2: I'm going to say his last name wrong because you know that I have issues. You've got um, it. but
1: go for I... it. You're in the space of safety. I want you to just go for it. Just fucking do it. Just say it. You're going to say it right.
2: I'm, I'm not, but Stanislav Swoboda that was
1: close
2: okay it's okay there we go yeah that was good um it it truly is i've said it before i have a speech impediment i'm really bad with last names um but so i'm excited to see him because he feels to me like someone we've been talking about for a while even before he was drafted um and that people are looking forward to seeing but sort of on not he's like under the line of of denton and david like he's like there but then once those two guys got drafted it was like he kind of went away out of people's minds for a little bit but i feel like we've been talking about him for a long time i feel like i've heard a lot of great things um and that people think he can bring um a lot to our blue line eventually down the road um so yeah i'm excited to see him and see um, what he can bring. And then I'm also excited to see, but simply because um, I miss Oliver, but Marcus Bjork, because it's almost the Arkstrand. strand. It is close.
1: It is close. You have to, you have to know so,
2: those are my two one for his name and the other one, because I I think he's going to be pretty exciting to watch and see.
1: Well, if there's anybody who rivals the name Luca Del blues on this roster, I have to say, I think it's Ole Bjorkovic home. He's somebody who has a little bit of an interesting, like, I mean, Blue Jackets fan lately, we know who this is. He is somebody who was drafted by the Blue Jackets in the fifth round in 2020. And he has a little bit of an interesting arc just because obviously he plays a season in the OHL and then COVID happens. And he's one of those rare occasions where he was able to play in the AHL as an underager because of, the ohl not playing in 2020 2021 and so he's somebody who has 16 games of ahl experience so not a ton not too many games but in those 16 games he had one goal four assists for five points he's not somebody who has traditionally been a high scoring defenseman in his uh, time in the juniors he went back to mississauga in 21 22 so he went back to the ohl was not with cleveland this last year And he had three goals, 10 assists, and 13 points in 54 games. He's somebody that I think is going to probably translate into the AHL this year. And I'm excited to see kind of what what he can bring after the experiences that he's had, the strange circumstance of being a 19-year-old playing in the AHL and then bringing it back to the OHL. I'm just interested to see how he's been developing. I think that's going to be a lot of fun to see how his game takes place this weekend. And, I mean, I, I think more so than... And I'm blaming this on Dylan Tire, like, to be frank. Dylan Tire gasses Samuel Nashko up, like, crazy in terms of, like, him as a person. And so I think in terms of us being credentialed and us having media access, I think I'm most excited to have a conversation with Samuel Nashko because it just sounds like, per Dylan, <laughs> that he is a good time to interview. And so I'm hoping that that reigns true. So, um uh, and you know what? Shout out Cole Clayton. He's the only person we haven't said at this point. And I feel like <laughs> kind of a douchebag if we don't if we don't throw him a bone too. Um, he's like big time like fan favorite in Cleveland. So I'm excited to see him because I know I'm gonna be writing a lot about him this year for field pass. So uh, shout out to all of the defensemen playing <laughs> Trevor's. This was the most Laura Norman segment of Subjectively Speaker.
2: I didn't so. even do it, it wasn't I even know. me.
1: That's what makes it so Laura Norman is because you didn't do it. Like I like was the one that contributed to it. Therefore, it's your influence. It's your impact.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know if I should be um, – comp- if that's a compliment or not, but I'll take it of as
1: one. Of course it's a compliment. And uh, we're probably going to talk about all two of the goaltenders that are coming to Tra- <laughs> Traverse City as well. Um, There's Pablo Kahan who has been signed. He was a free agent invitee to the Blue Jackets prospect camp that Laura alluded to earlier. And in so ended up with an AHL contract to uh, basically to me, like I read it as him being the five in the system right now um, behind Daniil Tarasov as the three in the starter in Cleveland. And then with, uh, you know, Jack Greaves who we'll talk about in a second being the four there in Cleveland, but yeah, I mean, Pavel Kahan is somebody who played, again, like for Czechia in the World Juniors. So he's somebody that has had some experience. The the Czechs on this team, like they know each other, right? Like they just got done, like I said, with the World Juniors, with Juracek and, and Rosavi and now Kahan. And so – it's gonna be interesting to see how he fares in games. But I have to be honest, I think that you and I both are probably keeping our eyes on Jack Greaves in this tournament a little bit more than we are on Pavel Kahan. No disrespect, of course, to him. But for Jet Greaves, it's an interesting story. He actually suits up for a couple of NHL games last year, doesn't play. He he backs up um, Elvis a few times, and then also, you know, whoever he backs up whoever he needed to in that time. Yeah. I can't even remember if JF Barube was hey. the starter at that point or or what it was, but all I know is. Was that Jack Greaves sat on the bench for a second? <laughs> and, he did, and it, was, and it was great. But yeah, he's somebody who I think is going to be the four. I think he's going to be your second string in Cleveland. He's going to get some good minutes there, and so he's somebody that I'm really looking forward to to seeing this weekend. How about you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I got to see him play um, in the scrimmage for Prospect Camp. Um, and he definitely was the shiniest of the stars of I think the four goalies that were there um, for the camp. But and it, I mean he's going to play a pretty crucial role depending on how things go in goalie land in Columbus. Because you know if, if you know if Corpy or Elvis get injured, then Daniel Tarasov is going to get a call up, which gonna is going to leave Jet in you know, in that number one spot in Cleveland. And as we said before, Cleveland is really looking for a bounce back year from last year where they just did not have a great season. Um, So they're really looking to get back in more of a rhythm and, you know, maybe recreate some of those uh, Calder Cup winning days uh, because it's been a a rough couple of years. But he's really going to, you know, a lot of his playtime is going to be based on, what insanity ensues um, in Columbus and how much um, or how little uh, Daniil Tarasov gets called up. But I'm excited. I think both of these options are really solid and, you know, it'll be fun to see them play like full games and or full like switch out and get really like long term playing time uh, within a game as opposed to a scrimmage. So, um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for both of them.
1: It'll be interesting to see how the Blue Dragons utilize the two of them too, right? Like they play three games while they're in Traverse. So you can there's no even split there, but you wonder are they gonna are they gonna try their best to split their minutes between those those guys? I almost wonder if they're gonna spend more time on Jet than they are on Pavel, just with the understanding that, you know, Jet's under an NHL contract at this point and and Pavel's not, but You know, it's going to be even more fascinating because in a lot of ways, you've got Trent Vogelhuber, who is the AHL head coach of the Cleveland Monsters, former, well, he never played a game for the Blue Jackets, but former Blue Jackets draftee. And so it's going to be interesting to see what he wants to do because it's a lot of, it's an opportunity for him to kind of like get to know some of the guys that might be down there too. And so he might want to know what he has in Pablo Kahan. And so we might see him get a little bit more time. I feel like, you know, Jet Greaves obviously has some time to develop over the summer, but you know, you kind of know what you're getting with Jet Greaves if you're Trent Vogelhuber. Huber. He played in 29 games for you last year, uh, and you know, had had some respectable numbers. He he played over a thousand minutes, um, and had a 284 goals against average. Uh, went 12 12 and two, which on that Cleveland Monsters team that finished dead last in the AHL North, um, not bad, <laughs> not a bad showing for him. Um, A 9.05 save percentage. And again, when you're playing for the Cleveland Monsters last year, that's a big win. I have to – I will say it until the team dissolves. When they changed the name to Cleveland from Lake Erie, that's when things went south in Cleveland. Um, <laughs> the Lake Erie Monsters were the ones that won the Calder Cup. The Cleveland Monsters haven't done shit at this point. Um, but shout out the, <laughs> shout out to um, the Lake Erie Monsters. And shout out to Dan Gilbert for messing that one up. I have to say that I'm such a fan of the Lake Erie Monsters. But I digress. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of really great prospects here lined up for us to check out. And uh, we're going to have a lot of really fun content for you, we hope. Bear with us. I've heard rumors that the the network is not great inside of um, <laughs> inside of the actual arena in Traverse City. So if we're not able to live tweet, we apologize. But um, we're gonna have plenty of good content for you. We promise. We're gonna be up there kicking it with um, our friends from the Artillery. We're gonna be up there with. With Jessica Boda. And so we are going to have as much access for you all as humanly possible. So you're going to want to keep it locked. Laura will tell you where to do that later. You know how this works. Um, but Laura, is there anything that we haven't talked about with Traverse that, that you've got on your radar?
2: Um, you will be able to watch the games on bluejackets.com. Uh, they will be live streaming the games. Um, and uh, they did explain, Dave Metzel did explain it yesterday in the like, Monday mailbag situation, um, but you they do have to share the production with um, the Detroit Red Wings uh, production crew, so um, we, there will be, like, conflict of who's reporting during uh, when the Blue Jackets play uh, Detroit, but the other two games will just be um, Blue Jackets, so uh, yeah, keep an eye out for that. They are afternoon games. I believe two of them are at three o'clock and one of them is at two o'clock. So keep that in mind as well. But at least it will be available to you um, because I know a lot of people on social media were concerned that they weren't going to get to see the games in action. And we're just going to have to rely on lovely media folks like us, I guess, in giving them um, the play-by-plays or post-game content. But you will have access through bluejackets.com to watch those three games.
1: That you will. And yeah, if you're anything like me, you'll just skip out on work to, to watch it. That's what I'll be doing on Thursday. Don't worry. I've told people, I think. Um, so it'll be great. So Laura's got you covered for Friday's game against Detroit. I think it's against Detroit, right? I've got you covered Yes, against the Blues on Thursday. Yes. And, and then, then Sunday we'll is have like you big. covered together against the Maple Leafs on Sunday. And we'll hopefully have some fun stuff going on on Saturday. That's the Blue Jackets off day. And hopefully we'll find a way to have some fun with the guys and, and be able to get you guys some, some good content then. But, Laura, guess what?
2: Uh, what? It's back. <laughs> Are you talking about – Well, college football or the NFL?
1: I'm talking about the NFL because the NFL's opening week was action-packed and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win, and if your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. So you're going to want to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Hey, Laura.
2: Yes, Jeremy.
1: What have you been listening to recently?
2: Oh God, so much stuff. Aside from you know, award-winning, subjectively speaking, um, I have been filling my
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have been filling my ears with just a uh, pure compilation of uh, mid to, early to mid two thousands uh, punk rock and um, emo punk because that uh, before you knew me. Um, and in my youth, I wore a lot more eyeliner and it was, it was an interesting time, but that's what I put on when I'm trying to be productive.
1: That's fair. I still think you wear eyeliner in your heart, but um, (laughs) lately I've been listening to, I'm really, I don't know if you know who Nicole Byer is, but she has a podcast called Why Won't You Date Me? And I like to listen to that a lot because I think it's just like really funny. She's a great comedian. Um, And so hearing her talk about relationships is always really fun. Um, And it's normally fun however I listen to it, but recently it's been even better because I've been listening to the show using my Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half of the price of other premium audio brands. And you know who we're talking about. It's no wonder everyday earbuds from Raycon have over 50,000 five-star reviews from things such as their awareness mode to their noise isolation. And if you want to skip a song, you can just tap on your earbuds. It's that simple. Raycons are great. I use them whenever I can, and I know that you will too. Go to buyraycon.com today and use code THPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code THPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com Code THPN15. All right, Laura, we teased it a little bit earlier, so we've got to let the people have it now. We're going to throw it over to our exclusive interview with an executive vice president with the Center Ice Foundation, Bob McElhaney. We hope you enjoy All right, folks. So we have the pleasure of being joined today by Bob McElhaney, Executive Vice President of Operations for the Center Ice Foundation, which is an organization dedicated to building the future of sports in Central Ohio. Bob, welcome to the show and thank you for being here with us today. Just to kind of get things started, tell us a little bit more about the foundation, how it was formed and what your mission is in regard to growing access to ice sports in Central Ohio.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you both so much for having me. Um, super excited to be on, super excited to, to talk with you guys and, and uh, you know, obviously your audience about a little bit more about what we're doing. So, um, yeah, we are, you know, kind of years into this project, uh, give or take about four years ago, um, really a group of, of hockey parents uh, got together and, and uh, on a whim more than anything said, hey, you know, We've identified uh, the same issue that I think everybody else in central Ohio has identified that we're out of ice. There's just not enough to go around. Um, you know, that's, that's not necessarily anybody's fault. It just is a matter of the game exploding. Um, you know, more and more people wanting to be a part of, of, you know, what we you know largely think is one of the greatest games on the planet. Um, you know, and, and we wanted to facilitate a, a, An opportunity for those players that, like I said, don't necessarily have a place to to go. So we got to talking. Uh, Really, the whole thing started as, you know, how do we put up four walls, fill it, and freeze it, right? Um, And that rapidly changed. So we, uh, you know, as we kind of got into the nitty-gritty, we found out that maybe that's not the the best plan or the most feasible plan. Um, And Like I said, over the course of four years and many, many hurdles and, and many, many uh, discussions and partnerships and all kind of things, um, we kind of ended up where we are now. And where we are now is bringing a uh, really top tier multi-sports complex to the region, not just central Ohio, but really the, the entire Midwest region. Um, a, a complex that includes Uh, two full, uh, you know, regulation, North American regulation size, uh, ice rinks, a 50,000 plus square foot field house, um, you know, individual bays for different types of training, whether it be, you know, anything from yoga and spin classes to martial arts to, you know, you name it. Um, But beyond the sports aspect, uh, restaurants, office space, retail space, hospitality. Uh, This is really, you know, something that we have, we keyed in on early that we wanted this to be a destination. It may be a destination for a few hours, while you you know you come and you drop the kids off for practice and you hang out and you know grab dinner afterward. Uh, it may be a destination for uh, those you know that are that are coming for tournaments. Um, you know that want to stay on site, want to stay close, want to have more to do than uh, you know just hanging out and you know playing a couple arcade games and you know eating some some you know nachos with liquid cheese and. You know, we, just, we wanted to be able to provide something a little bit more, actually not a little bit more, a lot more uh, enticing than, than a lot of what's available around the country. And, and we think we've got something that is not only unique to the area, but really unique to most of the United States.
2: That's awesome. And uh, it's uh, we know that the campaign that you're currently doing for this this structure is going to be in the Reynoldsburg area. So what specifically drew the foundation to that area and how what what is the most recent update you can give us on how the campaign is doing?
0: Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a great question. So when we most of us are from the, the east southeast side of Columbus. Um, so it was kind of a natural fit that obviously we wanted something closer to our backyard, but really when you, you start to look at it geographically, um, there is, is really no option for, for ice South of, of 70, uh, in Columbus, if, you know, obviously for those folks that are familiar with Columbus, if you're not 70, you know, intersects the, the city, um, you know, into North and South. And so South of 70, there's really, there's no option. Um, and even East of, of 71, uh, you know, if memory serves me, I think we have we have one maybe um, and actually uh, you know, other than Newark, which is very far east, um, they might actually be the only ones. I think technically everybody else is on the other side of 71. Some are very close, like the fairgrounds and things like that. Um, so it was a very natural fit to us. Uh, again, not only a proximity to us um, you know, individually, but the fact that there's there's nothing else over here. There's no other ice over here um, you know, made the most amount of sense to us to sort of expand in this direction, especially when we're seeing such a huge amount of growth, uh, from our area in the greater, you know, Columbus area, as far as hockey goes. So that's really how we got, um, on this side of town. And then Reynoldsburg actually reached out to us. Um, I want to say a little over a year ago, um, know and said hey we you know we want to be the host for this we love the project we think it's incredible we want to work with you and it has been a wonderful relationship with them uh since since the word go uh they've been incredible they have helped us every step of the way Um, can't say enough wonderful things about the city of Reynoldsburg and and everybody involved Um, right now as the project sits we have our our piece of land Uh, we are kind of on the east side of Reynoldsburg um you know so obviously very excited about that We are, you know, currently in the in the process of, um, you know, developing and building the plans for what this building's actually going to look like. You know, trying to take it from an idea to a a real, uh, real feasible plan. Uh, So we're in the process of that. And then, as far as the you know the campaign, so to speak, goes, is right now we are very much in the um, the funding stage uh, because nothing moves without money, and that's true. And every you know uh every industry every project um and that's where we are i was trying to make sure that you know we can we can truly fund this and um got a lot of things going on in that direction both you know kind of big players and and, uh, neighbors and everybody in between um so yeah that's that's kind of where the where the project sits right now as things are moving forward things are good but we are very much in the uh you know we need to make sure that this thing gets funded phase
1: I love hearing that the city sees the value in it, too. Like, that is such an important piece of it, and, and I'm glad that, that that, Reynoldsburg sees that. And, and obviously, like you mentioned, right, like, this whole thing, it takes a village. <laughs> and there are a lot of y'all that, that are doing the work and putting in the time and effort. And so, you know, just kind of like, talking to the collective to the group that is the center ice foundation you know what are what are some of the stories of the folks that are that are affiliated with the group and working to make this happen and and what are some of their experiences what are your experiences with, with the sport of hockey and, and ice sports and just increasing access to sports in general
0: yeah so you know i uh, i guess i'll start with me you know i i grew up in the game um you know, I was I, I was a lifelong rink rat. I, two weeks after I was born, I was in the rink. My brother had practice and, you know, couldn't stay at home, obviously. So I was I was in the rink and I, you know, lived under the bleachers and and the whole thing. I mean, that's that's how I grew up. So um, this game has been in my blood quite literally since day one. And a lot of other folks are, are that way. Um, you know, a lot of the folks on the um on the board have been in the game for a long time. Um, everybody on the board is a a parent or involved in one of our sports. Um, we are we are far beyond hockey. We, you know, started with hockey. We you know obviously the name would tell you the Center Ice Foundation. All that that's that's kind of for most of us that's our our love and our passion. But it's grown so far beyond that. We are we have folks from lacrosse and from football and soccer and you name it. You know, we have folks that are that are involved in in every aspect. So. Um, you know, like I said, we have a lot of parents. We have a lot of, um, you know, folks. Our president, Kirsten Watts, she talks about all the time. You know, she has a, her oldest son is is a sophomore in high school, and uh, you know her her dream is to have her son play on the ice that you know she was able to help you know help be built. So um, we have uh, we could probably spend hours talking about the the stories and the reasons, the whys, right of of everybody on the board, but. Um, th- w- without exception, every single person on the board uh, loves youth athletics, wants to better youth athletics, wants to better their community through youth athletics. Um, and that's our, that's our driving goal. That's our driving focus is, is how do we make sure that our community, specifically our hockey community, but our community in general uh, and our youth athletic community in general is better because of, of what we've done.
2: That's so awesome. And just, I mean, going through your guys' information and your website and um, all that, all of that, and really seeing like the, the true dedication, because this is not, these types of things are not an easy, especially for it's not necessarily new, but it's newer somewhat um, over the last like couple of decades, a sport like hockey or other ice sports um, and really getting um, other parents and other young athletes to see um, the benefits of having more access. So Other, In your opinion, why is it important to make ice sports more accessible to not only the central Ohio community, but youth athletes in general? And we know that you are a coach. And so what are some of the key things that you see kids take away from participating in these types of activities?
0: I I mean, what an awesome question. I I think that all sports, um, but specifically team sports, offers so much to youth athletes, things that you, you absolutely cannot teach in a classroom. You absolutely, you know, can't teach them at home. These are, these are things that, you know, these kids are coming away with, um, you know, because they, they learn to interact with their peers. They learn to, you know, overcome obstacles and, and, you know, go through those trials and tribulations and work harder than they thought they were able to and achieve more than they thought they were able to and fail and learn what failure, you know, is and learn that, it's okay to get, you know, so to speak, get punched in the mouth. You're going to be able to get, you're going to be able to stand back up and you're going to survive and it's going to be okay. You're not made of glass. You know, so much of that comes from team sports. Um, you know, how to rally around each other. I mean, you could, you could go on. The benefits are, are remarkable and they are immense. So, um, you know, for us, it's kind of a no brainer. Like let's, let's push this. Let's get kids involved in this. We know what it did for us personally. We've seen what it's done for our kids. We've seen what it's done. You know, I've seen what it's done for, for kids I've coached, there isn't a a young person on the planet that can't, uh, be bettered because of team sports. So that's a, that's a driving focus for us for sure. Um, but ice sports specifically, you know, again, we're, uh, we're kind of, a lot of us are hockey centric just because that's what we've, we've grown up in. We love the game. Um, you know, but I think one, one specific ice sport that, uh, is certainly underserved and that has been a, a, Top of the you know top of the list focus for us is is our sled hockey community. Um, you know these are folks that uh, we have a, an awesome community in Central Ohio of sled hockey players uh, from from youth players all the way up to adults. Um, you know we have just a, a great community, and again they're they're deeply underserved. Um, most folks I would say don't even know what sled hockey is. If you don't mind, sled hockey is is essentially um, you know. It is played on a sled, a literal sled. They sit in it. They, they strap themselves in. It's, it's folks, um, you know, that typically, um, you know, whether they have uh, physical uh, limitations, um, it's a lot of veterans. It's a lot of, you know, um, uh, first responders, things like that, that still want to stay in the game. Um, they sit in a sled. It has a blade underneath the sled. They actually hold two hockey sticks, uh, both with uh, picks on the end of them. And that's how they propel themselves across the ice. It's the most incredible game you can watch. It's unbelievable. And there's really the the facilities available to these folks don't necessarily I shouldn't say they don't exist but they are so extremely limited um, you know they are they are forced to use facilities that weren't designed with them in mind um, that aren't necessarily you know great for them and we're turning that on its head um, like I said this is a top of the line top of the the list line item for us that this is going to be your home. This is going to be the sled hockey community's home. It was built for you. It was built with you 100%, not only in mind, but as a focus. Um, So, you know, things like obviously oversized locker rooms and and furniture in the rooms to make, you know, uh, their dressing and undressing experience as seamless as everybody else's, Um, you know, uh, a zero grade, Um, Synthetic ice surface going from the locker room to the actual ice surface so they can use their sled to actually get to the ice surface. Clear Lexan boards so they can see through the boards and they they actually can be on the bench instead of on the ice where they typically have to stay now. I mean, these things that don't really take any more effort, don't really take any more money to do somebody just has to think about them before they do it. And, you know, I'm a veteran myself. We have some other veterans and some some veteran minded people on the board. And this was a no brainer. You know, we've talked to, like I said, our, our friends and our partners in the sled hockey community, and obviously they're you know thrilled about it and we're thrilled to, that they're along for the ride. So um, I apologize not to be super long winded, but when you talk about, you know, the, the impact that ice sports can have, I don't know if there's a greater impact than, Serving those that have served us and allowing them the exact same opportunities that everybody else gets and the exact same opportunities that so many more kids and adults are going to be able to enjoy at our facility.
1: Without a doubt. I mean, I, I've seen the effects of sled hockey firsthand. Uh, one of a family friend um, has a daughter with spina bifida and has just absolutely fallen in love with the game of sled hockey and is is pretty dang good, too. <laughs> like, it's a lot of fun to watch. And, and like you said, right, I mean, it's just somebody has to think about those things, and it sounds like that's, like, at the center of the mission of of the center ice foundation i think that that's the reason why so many people are able to get behind a mission like this and so um you know absolute kudos to you and your team for that but You know, on top of on top of the campaign to to build this facility, you're also engaged and involved with with other organizations and, um, you know, assisting with the Thunder uh, Thunderbird Hockey Club, 256 Athletics and the Center Ice Summer Classic. So could you tell us just a little bit about these additional efforts and organizations that the foundation is involved with?
0: Yeah, well, I think it was a pretty, um, pretty logical and pretty simple marriage, uh, you know, for us to to bring in organizations, youth uh, sports organizations, um, you know, kind of under the umbrella. That's what we're here for. And so we had, um, we had a number of organizations reach out that um, in different sports, hockey, lacrosse, uh, we're working with football, Soccer is likely to come very soon. Um, you, we have a lot of different sports that, that want to engage. Baseball, not to leave anybody out, sorry. But, um, you know, we, uh, like so we're approached and there were a lot of folks that were concerned maybe they didn't have a place to go. Uh, maybe they're looking for something different. Uh, and again, it was it fit perfectly with our mission statement that, that we would be able to kind of be that that home for them and that sort of umbrella, if you will. Um, so that's largely what it is. I mean, it's it's uh, we're not here to, to necessarily build up big uh, sports organizations. But what we are trying to do is make sure that everybody that wants to play, we don't care what sport it is, everybody that wants to play, you're going to be able to play.
2: That's, I mean, amazing. I, um, I said a little bit earlier, but like I said, we're big proponents of, of making, um, especially hockey, of course, more accessible and more inclusive, um, especially within Ohio. And um, one of the, one of the missions of our show is to create a community that um, also wants to be behind those efforts and also wants to get involved in helping to, to grow the game and make this a, a bigger, stronger community. So what are the best options or ways for us, Jeremy and I as well, and our audience to get involved with the foundation, help with your efforts? Um, What are those best options for all of us?
0: Well, I really appreciate you asking um, truthfully, because right now, like I said, we are, uh, we are very much at the funding stage and ideas are great, but ideas don't go anywhere unless, you know, we can actually move dirt. Right. So, um, you know, we have a lofty goal the the project is going to take somewhere in the neighborhood of let's call it 30 million dollars when all said and done now that's not necessarily that we have to raise 30 million dollars it's not necessarily that that's going to happen all at once but uh that's that's pretty much what the working number is right now um we need support we need financial support and that's you know everybody that can uh, you know, uh, can part with $10, $100 um, that knows local business owners that are willing to, to help and interested in helping and supporting us. Um, that is, you know, investors, uh, philanthropists, everybody, if you know them, uh, reach out to them, uh, let us know. Uh, but again, it's just the community coming together. I, you know, I, I guess I would, um, I would ask that if any youth sport, whether it be hockey or lacrosse or football, soccer, uh, sled hockey, anything that you have ever played, um, if it has been an impact on you if it has made a positive impact on you if it has made a positive impact on your kids made a positive impact on your family um, I would ask you to to really think long and hard about you know um, potentially offering a donation um, I think that's where we are right now is is um, we really need the the fundraising piece to to go well and and really get us to that point so we're excited we absolutely firmly believe we're going to get there we're we're really excited about a lot of the conversations we're having right now but Undeniably, we need our community support.
1: Without a doubt, and and hopefully, folks, after you've listened to this interview, you're you're hearing exactly why something of this nature is necessary, and you're and you're just as excited to get involved and support the foundation as we are. Um, you know, lastly, just you know, what are some of the ways that? That folks can stay up to date on the events that are happening with the center ice foundation are there any events coming up that you would want our listeners to know about and if not even just where can they keep up to date on all this information yeah we're uh you know we're coming
0: out with new events all the time uh we're doing a lot of different uh raffles we do a lot of in person stuff obviously COVID made things a little uh a little weird there for a little while doing a lot of digital stuff we're back in person just like everybody else so that's really cool Um, you know, the best way to keep up with what we're doing is our our Facebook page. Definitely follow our Facebook page with information out there all the time. Center Ice Foundation, very easy to find. Um, we also have obviously our website, um, centericefoundationoh.org. Um, and I'm sure I can, you know, send you guys a link if you don't already have it. Uh, but that's another great way. But, you know, I'd say the most up to date info is definitely the Facebook page, but that's probably the best way. And like I said, we're, we're rolling stuff out all the time. So, um, yeah, really exciting stuff. I'm, I know for a fact we've got some stuff coming up this fall, so definitely be on the lookout for that.
1: Good deal. Well, Bob, is there anything you want our listeners to know that we haven't talked about before we wrap this one up?
0: No, like I said, I, I thank you guys so much for for letting me, uh, you know, come on and, and tell you a little bit about what we're doing. Um, you know, we're we're so excited about the project, and, and I hope that the folks listening are also excited about it. I know you guys are as well. Um, you know, an opportunity for, for kids that you know, have never had the chance to play hockey to play, have never had the chance to play lacrosse to play, never had the chance or don't have the chance to play football or soccer, like I said, martial arts, anything like that to to come out here and be a part of it. Uh, But, you know, more than that, or maybe not more than that, but as much as that is, you know, a destination for, you know, families to really spend time. You know, I I have this vision of, um, you know, little Susie on the ice for practice and little Johnny is in the field house for, you know, soccer practice. And, uh, you know mom is is you know drinking a glass of wine and finishing up some emails from the day and you know baby dad's you know catching up on the news and then they all come together and they have you know dinner at a restaurant that's on site before they head home as a family I can't think of anything that as a as a father and as a as a you know youth sports advocate I can't think of anything that's that's more appealing to that and you know like I said I guess my my uh you know call to your viewers is if you agree and if if this you know this game or any of the sports have have touched you in the way that they've touched us, you know, please you know, consider donating and consider, you know, helping us make this a reality.
1: Awesome. Well, Bob, thank you so much. And Hey, how about this? When we get it open, the grand opening, we'll set up shop. We'll do a live podcast of the grand opening. Sound oh, good. Oh,
0: absolutely. We're in.
1: Good stuff. Well, Bob, thank you so much for your time and uh, definitely make sure, listeners, that you're keeping up to date with everything happening with the Center Ice Foundation. And then, if you're able, we we strongly encourage you to support the foundation. But, Bob, thank you so much for an incredible interview.
0: You got it. Thank you so much. Take care. Of course.
2: Okay. Um, That was an absolutely incredible interview. I loved every second of talking to Bob um, and really learning about all the incredible things that the Center Ice Foundation is doing. Um, in Central Ohio, and you know, we touched on it in the in the interview. But you know, uh, growing the game and making hot the sport of hockey more accessible and more diversified um, in Ohio is such a big uh, thing for you and I. It's one of the reasons um, that we do this show. It's one of the proponents of um, the community that we want to build and. Um, I just think that this initiative with the Center Eyes Foundation is going to be incredible. Like I I think in the next coming years when they're able to get all the uh, necessary funds raised that this, um, you know, youth sports facility, hotel, medical facility, like all encompassing, you know, youth sports center is just going to be such a huge, um, thing for not only Ohio, but, um, parents and youth athletes all across the country. And I just think it's going to be so, so cool. So what were, what were your thoughts on our interview with Bob? I loved it. And I I think,
1: you know, there's not, you know, I think we know that the people like us exist, like the people who like, know that the need to increase accessibility to the game and to sports is so important. I I think I've talked about it, maybe not on this show, but I know I definitely talked about it on line change is that I am just so fascinated and honestly like moved by the intersection of society and sport. And I think that there's real change that happens at the intersection because our culture is so intertwined in sports. I mean, for the most part, there's somebody who has been touched by sport in some way, shape or form in their life, whether that's because they played or a family member played or they've learned something from it. And I think about like everything that he said about what people get out of team sports. And I think about the, you know, I mean, specifically like the sled hockey stuff, like the sled hockey stuff is incredible, right? Like it's like, I almost would argue maybe like, the biggest opportunity for people who are differently able to, to engage in sport in a really authentic way. And I think just to increase access to that, especially after like seeing firsthand what that can do for somebody and what that can do for a family. It's just really, really cool. And to be able to, I mean, I played football for eight years, right? Like his idea of team sports, you learn so much about yourself, about teamwork, about leadership, about all those things. And to be able to allow that to be accessible to folks, like, that's everything that's everything yeah. that i want and that's everything that i'm glad to know that he wants and i hope that if you listen to that interview and you're feeling moved like i hope that you will continue to spread the word of the mission of the center ice foundation and i hope that you will you know if you're able give and if you are so moved attend an event that they have make sure you like i mean follow everything that bob told you to follow and keep an eye out and uh, get really excited. And I'm serious; I want us to do a live, a live podcast at the grand opening of that of that facility.
2: Oh, 100. I think that that would be just such an awesome uh, thing for not only us to do, but to help them, you know, celebrate this incredible achievement. And I hope that. Uh, you know, further down the line, even before that, that uh, we're able to to partner with them in some way and to help them, you know, further this goal. And, you know, if you, you know, don't, don't have the funds right now, or um, just want to be able to help, like share, share this episode, share their social media, um, you know, all of that, it may not seem like a lot, but it all goes a long way, especially in this day and age where social media is such a, a powerful tool to use. So even if you can't donate, um, right now, like share, if you are also passionate about what they're doing, um, like we are share their, you know, social share their website. Like it's, it's all the little things that are going to help make this really incredible project come together. And I'm feel very lucky that we were able to, um, get Bob on the show and be able to start, um, spreading more of the awareness of the center, ice, center ice Foundation.
1: Without a doubt. And you know us. We will always continue to share the mission of people who are like-minded to us in terms of getting getting hockey out there to people. And so um, you'll want to make sure that you're keeping locked on us, not only for all of the Traverse City content that we're going to bring you this weekend, but also for uh, more information about how you can get involved with making hockey more accessible to folks in the greater Columbus area. And Laura, you are the one that knows how to tell people
2: the best where they can stay locked on us. Absolutely. You can follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at subjectivelypod. You can follow us on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. If you want to learn more about our award-winning podcast, um, our friendship or how it all came to be, you can check out our website, subjectivelyspeaking.com. Um, if you want to support um us you two favorite hockey podcasters um, and get some sweet uh, clothing and or merchandise in exchange you can go to our merch store subjectivelymerch.com it currently has our um, new favorite here's johnny logo to help welcome um, mr johnny hockey to columbus this season Uh, And that design is courtesy of our incredible graphic designer, Stephen Kinnicky. And soon enough, all of our other designs will also be up on that store, um, as well as some new ones coming for this season. And lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on, uh, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Scroll on down, hit that five-star rating. It is our favorite number. Um, Again, we don't know how the, uh, the algorithm really works um, but we just know that those stars, those comments, those subscriptions all help us get noticed in the hockey podcast charts and help us to bring more people into this wonderful community of ours that we are building. Um, and we just appreciate you all so much. And like we said, none of this is possible without all of you. And we just can't thank you enough.
1: Speaking of the podcast charts, we randomly like peaked at number 34 at the USA hockey charts this week on, on Apple podcast. So um, shout out to you all. Y'all are doing the work listening to this show. We love you. We love you. Thanks for paying the bills. Um, Not really. Y'all aren't paying no bills. It's no fault of your own. We just don't really, we just don't got it like that, but (laughs) um, we love and appreciate you guys so much. Um, Again, like Laura said, we wouldn't be where we are without you. And this last weekend, again, just so humbling and so, so beautiful to have that moment together and to think of you all during that time. So um, until we get the chance to talk to y'all next time, we're going to, I mean, you're going to feel like you've never stopped talking to us because we are going to be as active as humanly possible this weekend. But until we get the chance to come to you all with another show, uh, we hope you stay tuned and we hope you take care of each other. We hope you take care of yourselves and we will talk to you then.
2: Bye!